With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And hope you are having a good day. Always great to have you here if you don't like that. Got a lot to talk about on today's podcast. We've got our Crowd Ultra Q&A, and as always, my rant. Today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento, locally owned for over 20 years, whether it's leak detection, water line repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works Plumbing is a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they've got a fix for you, and their expert technicians are available 24 7 for all of your plumbing needs, just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Hey, I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, check out my shows on Listen App. I started last Monday, and I've had a lot of fun with that, starting to really pick up some steam. And on Wednesday, uh, I had a very interesting conversation, and I wanted to get into that more on today's podcast because I think this is really – a, an excellent forum to talk about some of these issues that are going on as it relates to sports. And on Wednesday, I talked about how I don't like social messages on the helmets of NFL players. And I don't necessarily want to see it on the field either. But the reason why I bring that up is after we talked about this at length, about 40 or 45 minutes on Wednesday's show on Listen App, uh, not only did I get, you know, a couple of phone calls during the show, but I received some feedback on social media after that. And I thought it was very interesting to hear what many had said. And you know what was most interesting to me? Nobody said that they loved it. Nobody said that they thought it was a great idea. Many said they didn't have a problem with it that it didn't really matter to them, that it did not affect how they viewed the sport or the game. It did not take their enjoyment away from the game. And then there were those that, like myself, said they don't want it in sports. But I thought it was very interesting. Nobody said, yeah, they think it's a great idea, and they loved it. Most of the responses were kind of ho-hum, like, nah, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. And the reason why I bring that uh, up is I did a rant earlier this week 
and I talk about the New York Giants because when I watched all the games on Sunday, I noticed that they were the only team that I saw that had nothing on the white part of the helmets on the back. Most teams, if not all teams, other than the Giants, have their team's name on it, whether it's Jets, whether it's Cowboys, whether it's Rams. And then if you don't want the team name on the back of your helmet over the the white cushion part, you could choose six social slogans, social messaging. And I thought it was interesting that the New York Giants had nothing on their helmets. They didn't have Giants on their helmets, which is a good thing because they sure as hell don't look Giants on the football field. I am recording this before they kicked off against Washington. So maybe last night they did look like Giants, but uh, I doubt it. Okay, but we'll leave that for another day. But they had nothing. They had There was no messages. There were none on the back of the New York Giants helmets. And again, I mention this because as a fan, I appreciate that. And I've been very clear on this for years and years and years, well before Colin Kaepernick ever took a knee. I said, I do not want social issues. I do not want politics in my sports. I get I get it all day long. I get it all night long. Can you give me three hours? Is that asking too much where I can just watch a game and not have to deal with things being jammed down my throat, whether it's social justice messages or whether it's political messages? I, I don't want that. Now, has it made me turn off the NFL games? No, but it's changed the way I watch the National Football League. I generally now will only turn on the game right at kickoff. Now, I did make an exception last Sunday because I wanted to see what they did for 9-11, and I made this very clear. I thought the NFL did a marvelous job. I thought their tribute to the 20th anniversary of 9-11 was phenomenal. I thought the national anthem at the fountains at Ground Zero from a young lady who had lost her dad on 9-11 20 years ago, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was outstanding. And I thought, really, the whole weekend, I thought watching the Army football players, every single one of them run onto the field with an American flag was great. I think that's been missing so much uh, in this country lately. But as far as social justice messages or other messages about uh, the issues facing our country, I don't want it in football. I don't want it in basketball. I don't want it in baseball. I don't want it when I watch hockey. It's not why I'm watching for. And I always use the analogy, and I know people are going, gee, don't make this analogy again, but I have to. You know, if you're paying money to go to a theater, right, whether it's on in San Francisco or Los Angeles or Broadway or whatever the case may be, do you want your actors and actresses coming out telling you how they feel about certain social and political issues? Is that what you want? I don't want that. That's not why I'm spending, you know, $100 a ticket to go watch that. That's not what I want. And I might even get up and leave if that were the case. I mean, I might. I, I, I don't know for sure. But I, I don't want that. And the other day I said I'm not really bothered by it. And then I kind of realized I am bothered by it. I'm not bothered to a point where I'm losing sleep at night. I'm not bothered by the fact that I'm not watching the games anymore. I'm just like, I don't want it. I don't want it in my in my sports world. And again, the reason why I'm bringing this up on this podcast today, it was very interesting to see the comments. And again, nobody thought it was just a great idea. But a lot of the people that responded were like, nah, they don't care. It doesn't bother them. It's not a big deal to them. 
And again, I thought that was very interesting. And then, of course, on Friday, on HBO's uh, show that Bill Maher has, uh, the it was interesting because Bill Maher came out on the show Friday and said after watching the game the night before between Tampa and Dallas, and he was talking about the Star Spangled Banner and the Black National Anthem, which Alicia Keys sang, Lift Every Voice and Sing. He said, quote, I saw last night on the football game Alicia Keys saying, Lift Every Voice and Sing, which now I hear is called the Black National Anthem. Now, maybe we should get rid of our national anthem, but I think we should have one national anthem. I think when you go down a road where you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have, well, many of them have different graduation ceremonies for black and white, separate dorms. This is what I mean, segregation. You've inverted the idea. We're going back to that under a different name. Now, before I go on here, I would love for someone to chime in on my social media accounts. Do colleges really have different graduation ceremonies for black and white separate dorms? I mean, if if that's the case, that is news to me. I'm not aware of that. But I thought that was very interesting. So then, Whoopi Goldberg on The View went at Bill Maher just a couple of days ago, earlier this week. Whoopi Goldberg said, quote, I think because we have gone backwards a good 10, 15 years, we're having to re-educate people. We're having to re-educate people about how women want to be talked about, how black people want to be talked about, how Hispanic people want to be talked about. And just so you know, Bill, Lift Every Voice has always been considered the Black National Anthem. It's always been that because the separation of the anthems has been so clear to us. Now, maybe other people don't feel like that, but I feel like, you know, we have to re-educate and retell people. Is it really about re-educating? I asked the question. I mean, have we really gone backwards in the last 10 or 15 years? And it was interesting because after a commercial break, the host on The View talked about the issue some more. And then Whoopi said, you cannot say this is happening because people are woke. I was never asleep. I've never been asleep, okay? So in the culture that I've seen, we are fighting because there's a big gap. You don't see us being viable parts of the United States. And that's the problem. Not just us, but Native Americans and all of the others that we've been talking about. Women, just the whole thing. So you know what, everybody, America? Get it together. Now, I will say I don't agree with that at all. I I totally disagree with that. She says you don't see us being viable parts of the United States, and that's the problem. Did we not have a black president for eight years? Do we not have a person of color again in the White House as the vice president of the United States? I, I, I disagree with that vehemently. I think that is absolutely wrong. And I'm speaking for me. I'm not speaking for you. Again, 
She says, we are fighting because there's a big gap. You don't see us as being viable parts of the United States, and that's the problem. Now, I disagree with that. I think that most people, not all, but I would say the majority, so I'll put most, but certainly not all, do see the black people being viable parts of the United States. So back to the black national anthem, and I'm asking this because I don't know, so I'm asking the question. What do you feel like if you're at the game and you're Hispanic or you're Asian? What, what, what do you think? You hear the national anthem, then you hear the black national anthem. But if you're an American, but like I know a lot of people refer to themselves as Asian American or Mexican American, you're an American, correct? So the national anthem would apply to you The black national anthem and its history is completely different. So I ask, when you hear lift every voice and sing, as Bill Maher said, he would be okay if we got rid of the anthem, but we should play one national anthem. I'm just wondering if we're not getting to a point in 2021 where it's just time to stop the anthems, and just go on to the field, have a coin toss, and play football. Maybe the exception being the Super Bowl. I'm I'm okay with that. Because you know why I'm okay with that? I'm so tired of this nonsense. And maybe nonsense is not the right word. Because these are very important issues. So I shouldn't say nonsense. I take that word back. I'm so tired of the constant talk. You know, I really am. And, and I'm I, again, I cannot disagree more with Whoopi Goldberg about what she said. Because I, I, I don't see that. You know, I don't see that. Again, that you don't see us being viable parts of the United States, and that's the problem. Well, you know, again, I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself and my close friends. That's not how we feel. I, I don't know how you feel, but that's certainly not how I feel. And I can guarantee you members of my immediate family, they sure as hell don't feel that way. And my close friends, and we've had these talks, they don't feel that way. Are there people in this country that are racist? Absolutely. Are there people in this country that despise white people? Absolutely. Are there people in this country that despise Asian people? Absolutely. I think I can stop right there before I go through every single ethnicity and we don't even have to get into the Jewish people of this country and all the anti-Semitic comments that we hear on a regular basis. So, you know, to me, this is not a black and white issue. That's just me speaking. I believe that there are a ton of issues, and I always go back to Mitch Album because to me, he said it better than anybody else that I've quoted and talked about since I started doing this podcast about 12 months ago. Silence is compliance. That's a popular sentence today. But you can't be selective with your noise. Not against hate. Hate is hate. You know, it's not just black. It's not Asian. It's not Hispanic. Not Hate is hate. And unfortunately, in this country, 
There are so many people, and I will say that again, so many people that are selective with their noise. But as Mitch said, you cannot be selective with your noise, not against hate. So it was interesting when I talked about this on Listen App on Wednesday, and I got some phone calls during the segment, and then afterwards looked at my social media account, and I just thought it was interesting that I didn't hear anyone say they thought it was a great idea to have the social messaging on the field and on their helmets. Now, a lot of people, as I said, they said they weren't bothered by it. So I just thought that was interesting to talk about. Something else I shared, and I know a lot of people have not heard this story, so I'll talk about it again because I'm fascinated, and I say this because I get asked quite often on social media about what happened to me and how I feel, and it's it's pretty it's 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 now a part of my life. It's a part of my life when I go out and meet people. It's a part of my life that wasn't a part of my life, and I get that. I also understand that what happened to me was very well publicized, and that for a period of time, and even now, I have been all over the national media, whether it's social media, whether it's I was I, I, I watched myself on CNN. I've watched myself on Fox being talked about. Bill Maher twice has talked about me on his show, okay, on real time. I mean, I can go on and on. So I thought it was interesting. I think I've shared this with you that maybe, maybe the best part about being out of Northern California and out of California is that nobody knows me here. And, you know, again, I don't want to be redundant, but I've met some phenomenal people here, have developed some phenomenal friendships, and I don't know if I would have had the same type of friendship if I had the same type of a job here as I had in California, meaning that when you meet someone in Sacramento that you have never met before, they, and you know, again, they have thoughts about you. They may have stereotyped you because of how you talk on the radio and how I yell at people or whatever, you know. They, people don't even know me, but they have an idea what I am like. So if I meet somebody, I'm not really starting on the ground floor. I'm kind of starting a couple of stories up because that individual already has a preconceived notion and idea of how they think I am. Well, I don't have that here in Florida. And I've really enjoyed that because, I've again, I've met some absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal people. So um, the, the real estate market in Florida is crazy. I mean, it really is. It's absolutely crazy. So they're raising our rent here by $1,500 a month. And I'm like, okay, time for us to hit the hell, hit the road and get out of here. So I had to find another place to live that was much cheaper and fortunately able to do that. So I had to call up Xfinity on Wednesday to change all of my service and my internet to the new place. So I was on the phone with one individual, and she said, okay, now I have to send you to someone in the other department. Uh, They'll be able to take you the rest of the way. I said, thank you very much. So this guy goes, so uh, what's your name? I go, my name is Grant. And uh, we start talking about what kind of service I want at the new place. And it was quite, it took quite a while. I mean, the whole phone call from start to finish was 45 minutes. I was probably on with him for 30 minutes. And we weren't talking about anything other than 
the service. He had to put me on hold a couple of times. There were a couple of issues with their computer where I was supposed to do things uh, while I was talking to him on my phone, but it didn't work. So it took a little bit longer. And, you know, again, I told the guy, he kept on apologizing. I said, it's okay. I don't have anything to do. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. So anyway, we get done, and he said, okay, you're all set. You'll get an email, uh, and everything is set up. You're going to have the um, a technician. He will be there between 4 and 6 on Monday. And I said, hey, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. He goes, hey, can I tell you something before we end the call? I said, yeah, sure. He said, don't ever apologize for what you said. He said, all lives do matter. And I said, hey, I really appreciate that. He said, no, I'm, I, I wanted to let you know that. As, when you called, I thought I recognized your voice. And then after talking to you, I realized, you know, that I, you were indeed that person. And he said, I'm from Miami, and I live in Miami, but I know about you. And he said, don't ever feel bad for what you said. And I said, hey, I really appreciate that. I said, thank you very much. It means a lot to me. And it does mean a lot to me because as we talk about all of these issues, social justice messages on helmets, different national anthems, uh, and everything else. Like, why would anybody ever apologize for saying all lives matter, every single one? And I just thought that was a kind of a neat story because I, down here, feel like a private person until maybe I meet somebody, like I relayed the story at dinner two weeks ago at a 65th birthday party and the person sitting next to me who I had never met before knew all about me and literally everything about me. And it's just kind of like weird for me. And I say this because I'm trying to be as transparent as I can on this podcast. But with all of the issues that we are facing in this country right now, and after hearing George Floyd's brother come out after the Derek Chauvin sentence and say, yes, black lives matter, but all lives matter. And I just wonder if finally in this country we're turning a corner to common sense. And I really mean that, common sense. Like, does somebody hear the f- six words, all lives matter, every single one, and, and think that's a racist comment? What the hell's wrong with people? Seriously. All lives matter, every single one. How would anyone take that comment and turn it into a comment of hatred or of being a racist. But that is, again, the world that we have been living in. And I hope, I hope that we are turning the corner. I think we are turning the corner. I think we are. I think when George Floyd's brother comes out and says that, I think when Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, comes out before game one of the NBA finals and says, Nobody should lose their job over a single comment and that their body of work should be looked at. You know, I think we're starting to turn the corner into some rational thinking, common freaking sense. So I wanted to talk about some of these issues today. I want to talk about the social justice slogans on the back of helmets, six of them, and how it was very interesting to me that on the back of the Giants helmets, it's blank. There's not Giants and there is no social justice messages. Now, Again, I, I'm, I'm recording this before the Giants play Washington. Maybe, it, maybe it's different for week two. You know, m- maybe they didn't get it done in time, or I, I don't know. I'm just saying. But I can guarantee you, again, 
as I record this right before kickoff on Thursday, I will be looking for that just to make sure that what I saw last Sunday is still the case on Thursday Night Football against Washington. So there you have it. And speaking of football, you talk about injuries in the National Football League. Look at the Dallas Cowboys. Now we're going to be out half the season without without arguably their best defensive player in DeMarcus Lawrence. I mean, good Lord, right? Think about what that does to the Dallas Cowboys pass rush, right? I mean, we talk about injuries, but not having now that edge rusher. That is absolutely brutal. Surgery for Lawrence, and again, he'll be out about half the year. And there are many other injuries that have absolutely bitten teams. I think we saw the effect it had on Monday Night Football with Baltimore. But anyway, I have to give you my lock of the week and my upset of the week before we get to crowd ultra. So speaking of Dallas, they lose to Tampa and the Chargers beat Washington and the Chargers come back home to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Now the Cowboys are without two top edge rushers. And so I'm going to take my upset of the week, the Chargers, over the Dallas Cowboys, all right? Now, I know Dallas looked really good offensively in that game Thursday night against Tampa, and they did. I mean, they moved the ball up and down the field, up and down the field, up and down the field, up and down the field. And I thought they got screwed, an absolute screwed on that non-interference call by Chris Godwin. Terrible. I mean, I don't see, you know, if you're going to be objective about this, that was absolutely terrible. So, um, and again, that line may change due to the injury. So it might not even be an upset, but I'm going to take the Chargers over the Cowboys. I'm also going to take the Carolina Panthers at home to beat the Saints. So that would be an upset because New Orleans is favored in that game. And the other game I'm going to take, I'm going to take the points, and I'm going to take the Raiders. I don't think they're going to beat Pittsburgh, but I think they'll stay within five and a half points. So I'm going to take the Raiders on the road, getting the points. I think they'll keep the game close. I don't think they're going to win, but I'll take those five and a half points in Pittsburgh. So I'm taking the Chargers, my upset, If it's not the Chargers, again, the line's going to change because of that news. My upset, though, will be Carolina at home getting three and a half points. Those are some of my picks. All right, let's get to our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com. It takes about a minute to sign up. And maybe, just maybe, I will answer your question right here on my podcast. And by the way, I think I've said this before, I really appreciate Uh, all of you that have taken the time to send me so many questions. Uh, This is a good question from Bryce. Grant, why do you think there are so many young starting quarterback nowadays? You know, I talked about this with Sean Salisbury. He and I do nofilter.net, and you can watch us uh, do that show 
uh, twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. He thinks a lot of it has to do with year-round playing and being around coaches and quarterback camps, and colleges now are playing pro-style offenses, and he thought that had a lot to do with it. And I, I would agree with that. I think that does have a lot to do with that. Tim wants to know, does trading John Wall for Ben Simmons make sense to you? Why would anyone trade? I mean, seriously, John Wall, he gets hurt getting out of the shower in the morning. He's due, what, $90 million over the next two years? Why would you trade Ben Simmons for John Wall? Of course not. Doesn't make sense. Uh, Chase wants to know, if Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl, is he the greatest athlete of all time? Listen, it's all subjective. Some people will say, Bill Russell is. Others will say Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan. I mean, it's all subjective. The bottom line is he has uh, will end up being one of the greatest champions in the history of team sports. To say he's the best, the greatest, I mean, again, that is all subjective. Ian says, I saw this question on Bleacher Report. What NBA player would you build the team around for the next 10 years? I would build it around Giannis Adetokounmpo. He's still very young. He's not in his prime yet. Uh, He has the right mindset. He's a team guy. He is grateful for the position that he's in. Oh, and oh, yeah, by the way, he's unbelievably talented. If it were me, I would pick Giannis Adetokounmpo. Joe wants to know, why do you think NBA referees must be vaccinated, but players don't have to be? I believe it was bargained between their union and... Again, this is a really delicate issue, but I think the league can't dictate what players do and don't do in terms of getting vaccinated. I think from an NBA referee's perspective, it's easier, and it makes sense if the referees are going to be on the floor with the players that they should be vaccinated. So I think unions, to answer your question, Joe, I think the word is unions. I think that has a lot to do with it. Sam wants to know, did you hear Russell Wilson's new idea for fixing overtime? If you're talking about what he said when he was on with uh, Peyton and Eli Manning on Monday night, yes, I did. He doesn't like ties. Mark asked, have I ever been in a fist fight? The last fist fight that I was in was in junior high school, I believe. I'd have to think about that, but I believe uh, that is the case. Rob asked, do you think the Nuggets will ever win a title with their current roster? I could see it. I thought they might have won it last year had Murray not gotten hurt, you know, if they had him in the backcourt. I think their roster is good enough to compete for it. I love Michael Malone. Obviously, Jokic is really good. So, yeah, I think so. I think they could. I mean, will they? I I don't have a crystal ball. But yes, Will wants to know if I saw the umpire eject the whole grounds crew at the Yankees-Orioles game on Wednesday. I didn't see it, but I read about it. It It's very odd, to say the least. Zach wants to know, is Carl Anthony Towns an elite center, in your opinion? Yes, I think he is an elite center, the way the game is played in the NBA right now. Yes, I do. Nick wants to know if I like when a team goes forward on fourth down. Depends time, score, position on the field. Every situation is is different. Uh, Martin wants to know, did USC fire their head coach too early? Actually, those that are USC fans and alums, and again, Sean Salisbury talked about it, It's their, their motto is, uh, it's about time. So with that being said, absolutely not. I would say 
no, they did not fire too early. Again, thanks very much to everyone, Crowd Ultra, with your great questions. It's time for Rant. 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 Hey, today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. Roy and I had a conversation recently, and he was actually considering retirement until he started noticing too many warning signals that reminded him of the terrible foreclosure crisis of 2008. And why this is certainly not a time to wait on refinancing to drop the rate and take cash out. And the reasons for that is uh, once the Fed stop buying these low-rate mortgage bonds, the rates will go up and this will force property values downward. And leadership is huge. Staying up to speed with the Fed's guidance on rates is gigantic. And that certainly affects how people decide to buy or sell real estate. If taxes are going to increase... Some folks will sell or take cash out. Now, Roy will gladly explain what mortgage-backed securities are and that tapering means the feds are convinced the U.S. can withstand higher rates. Now, I have known Roy for a long time, and trust me, you can trust him and his office. Roy does not avoid the truth. He will tell you the truth. Call the office to set up a refinance consultation, and remember to be nice because his mom, she answers the phone a lot. 916-864-2150. 916-864-2150. That's 916-864-2150 or roysumbrella.com. Well, the Ryder Cup is next week, and I see that NBC now is going to have Steph Curry as part of the coverage. And my question is, why? I mean, I love Steph. I think he's a hell of a guy, a tremendous player. Do I really want to see him on NBC's golf coverage of the Ryder Cup? Why do I want Steph Curry? You know, these networks are getting absolutely carried away. The other day I was watching the Ohio State-Oregon game. And at halftime, you know, which I don't really pay attention to, they're on set on the field and there's five people breaking down the first half. Five people? We need five people breaking down a college football game. I mean, you see the same thing with the NFL, you know, the ESPN shows. It's ridiculous. And, you know, these networks complain about their money and their budgets. And I turn on a college football game on Fox and ESPN, and I've got five guys sitting on the set analyzing the freaking game. Why? Like, why? Like, what, what's the reason for that? And now i got to have Steph Curry on NBC's golf coverage or the Ryder Cup? What the hell is he going to tell me? Seriously, it's the Ryder Cup. United States and Europe, i got to have Steph Curry – you know, talk to me about golf? Seriously? At the Ryder Cup? Maybe the biggest event every two years in the sport? Why? So NBC can cross-promote him with whatever the hell he's doing? I mean, it's ridiculous. Stop it already with this nonsense. Stop with having so many damn analysts on these TV sets. And, and analysts like Steph Curry. Really? Golf? I know he golfs. I know he's a very good golfer. But I don't need to have him on the Ryder Cup. And that's my rant for today. Have yourself a fabulous weekend. Enjoy all of the football. Looking forward to being back with you again next week. And don't forget to uh, check me out on Listen App Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. And Sean Salisbury and I, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 4 o'clock Eastern Tuesday, 5 o'clock Eastern on Thursdays. I'm telling you, if you have not watched Sean, he's phenomenal. Sean Salisbury. He is absolutely the real deal. So, again, stay safe. Enjoy your football, and thank you so much for checking us out here. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.